Welcome to History in Six, a place where we sample history in six-minute increments. I'm your host, Tima Lindell. Today we're going to be talking about the Mayflower. Time is short. Let's jump into it. 1620 was another pivotal moment in the early American history, one that would ultimately play a major role in the new American Republic. And that was the landing of the Mayflower at New Plymouth, Massachusetts on December 11, 1620. The Mayflower itself was originally a trade ship that transported wine from Bordeaux, France to London, England. It was hired by a group of 35 Calvinists led by William Bradford and William Brewster to take them to America. Well, let's stop for a second. Let's talk about what a Calvinist is. 16th century saw the crack up of Catholicism, which was the dominant religion during the Middle Ages. It was a split led by a German priest named Martin Luther, who is the founder of the modern day Lutheranism. But once the genie was out of the bottle, many Protestant denominations were created. Calvinism was one of those. Founded by 16th century French philosopher John Calvin, it emphasized the sovereignty of God and the authority of the Bible. Its core tenets were humans were sinful and unable to save themselves. And God had chosen some people for salvation based upon his own sovereign will and not on what you did as a person. Jesus died not for the sins of the whole world, but for the sins of the elect few. It was such that God's grace is irresistible to these who were chosen, these select few, and they will inevitably arrive to this faith. It's kind of convenient that those who come to your faith are the ones that are chosen, but that's a sidebar. And these chosen will preserve in their faith and cannot lose their salvation. It's a philosophical foundation for a number of Protestant religions, most famously Presbyterianism. As one would expect, Calvinism was in direct conflict with the Church of England. Therefore, its members were, of course, persecuted for their heresy. <laughs> this is why these 35 Calvinists were getting out of Dodge. They wanted to go someplace where they could pursue religious freedom, and that place was America. Now, what we have here is a different type of colonist going to America, not one in search of riches or glory, but a community of families seeking the freedom to worship. They were able to obtain from the Virginia Company 80,000 acres of land, fishing rights, permission to trade with the Indians, and the authority to erect a system of self-government with fairly wide powers. The 35 Puritans recruited an additional 66 non-Puritans to join them on their journey. There were 41 families in all. They brought with them furniture to furnish family huts, dogs, goats, sheep, poultry. They had spices, oatmeal, turnips, dried meat, and fish. The skilled laborers among them brought their tools of the trade, the carpenters, the smiths, the joiners. They were going to establish a new world for themselves and their families. The journey was a long one across the Atlantic, and descent arose. It, when you think about it, it makes sense. We had 41 families jammed onto a boat with little to do. There was no TV. There was no internet. There were few books, if any, outside of the Bible. Of course, they probably got on each other's nerves and argued over different philosophical issues. But something remarkable happened on this trip. On November 21st, the colony assembled in the main cabin to deal with these squabbles. In the process, they drew up a social contract designed to secure unity and provide for a future government based upon the biblical covenant between God and the Israelites. But it also reflected 17th century social contract theory. 
principles that would later show up in Hobbes' Leviathan in 1655 or Locke's Treatises of Civil Government in 1690. What they created was a civil body politic that provided just and equal laws that were based upon the church's teachings, where religious and secular governance were indistinguishable. It was remarkable for a couple of reasons. One, they created and signed this document aboard a tiny vessel in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. That showed how profoundly earnest these people were of their venture. But it was also extraordinary for the time period. These people had just come from the Middle Ages. These people were considered a vassal of some lord. Their only rights were set down by these nobles. What they created was not a contract between master and servant or king and his people. It was a contract between a group of like-minded people pledging to create a different kind of collective personality, living a new life in a new world. They were not pilgrims traveling to a shrine and back again like Mecca is for Muslims. They were perpetual pilgrims setting up a new country, which was for them a permanent pilgrimage. They saw themselves as exceptions to the European betrayal of Christian principles. They were conducting an exercise in early American exceptionalism. A couple of concluding thoughts on these original fledgling colony. The original Virginia settlers were gentlemen, adventurers, or they were landless men, maybe indentured servants, who were trying to make a better lives for themselves in the new world. They were traditional English, fair-minded, freedom-oriented. They wanted to govern sensibly in the common interest and legislate according to the needs of the people, which was a powerful American tradition. The Mayflower, on the other hand, were different. They didn't come for financial or social gains. They came to create his kingdom on earth. They were zealots, idealists, utopians. But at the same time, they were energetic. They were persistent. They were courageous. Setting off to a new world they were unfamiliar with. And they were extremely hardworking. They represented the other element of the American tradition. Creativity, industriousness, ideology. Unbending to the point of self-destructions. These were two traditions that established themselves firmly in these early American colonies. And they would come to battle out in the coming years. Sometimes these traditions would fuse and create something powerful. Say, the Declaration of Independence. And like in modern times, Martin Luther King Jr.'s movement from 60 years ago. Other times, it's like oil and water. People were punished who didn't think accordingly to the times. We saw this in the Salem Witch Trials of the late 1600s, or in the cancel culture of today's society. If you've enjoyed this episode, tell a friend about us. Share it with somebody you know. If you haven't already, subscribe to get future content. And as always, have a great day if you want to.